Welcome to the Mom Tuition Podcast, where we help ambitious moms tap into their intuition, find their purpose, and live their best life. I'm your host, Katie. Join me each week as we dive into career, business, self-development, and personal growth. Get inspired by successful moms and experts who have been in your shoes. This is your weekly dose of motivation and practical tips to unlock your true potential. Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, moms? And welcome back to the Mom Tuition Podcast. Okay, so last week, as I shared on last week's podcast episode, I put a poll on my personal Instagram page to get an idea of, you know, what kinds of topics you guys would want to hear about. And there were two front runners and one of the front runners was how to rediscover who you are in motherhood. So that is what we are going to dive into today. But just like all the other weeks, I thought I'd give you a postpartum update. So I am three weeks postpartum today. And I feel like You know, you start to kind of hit your groove after three weeks just in terms of the new normal. Um, And we had a crazy week. I mean, Grayson started preschool this week and we had kind of a wild start there because I thought we had signed him up for three days a week. And when we went to the open house um, last week, they had him... Monday through Friday and I was like oh okay and I knew I had only wanted him in three days a week so I think some wires got crossed so we actually ended up sending him so the first day of preschool was Tuesday after Labor Day and it was a short day it was a two-hour day and it's kind of like a transitional day is what they called it and he did so well And after the two hours were up, he couldn't believe that he did something without mommy there. (laughs) And that's literally what he said. He goes, I was at preschool and I stayed and mommy didn't stay. And I asked him, I shared on my stories kind of his experience, but he loved it. He absolutely loved it. And I asked him, uh, did you have fun? And he said, yeah. And I said, do you want to go back tomorrow? And he said, yeah. And he just, he loves his teacher. And, you know, being two and a half, he is not quite playing with other kids yet. He likes being around other kids. And he's very observant. I think he likes learning through observing what other kids are doing. But for the most part, you know, he uh, he really loves his teacher and he loves having a new place to explore and try new things because, you know, he's mostly been in the routine of being at our house. Our nanny comes to our house and then he goes to one of two parks or he goes down to the beach or we have something called the rail trail by our house. Um So he likes exploring uh, around our area, but everything is within walking distance and it's something that he's used to. 
So going to a whole new place where he can try new things has really excited him. So anyway, then on Wednesday, because we had this fiasco um, goof up, we sent him on Wednesday and because I was like, okay, we're, we'll try Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'm going to talk to the teacher and we'll choose whether he goes Tuesdays and Thursdays, which has more kids his age, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which in his room has more older kids and see which she would recommend. So on Wednesday, four hours, he's doing a part-time preschool and he, uh, you know, he did great. She said he did really well, but he was asking for me um, around lunchtime and I think the day, four hours for for a kid who has never really been away from his house um, felt like an eternity at two and a half. So I don't blame him. Um, and, but I talked to the teacher and I said, which day do you think he'd be best in? And, um, or which kind of program Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday. And she goes, you know, he'd be fine in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but you know, we are doing more, um, age appropriate activities for him with the, the kids that are more his age on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I'm like, great, we are happy to do Tuesdays and Thursdays. So then he went again on Thursday and I think it was a little hard going the the third day in a row for him, which also makes me um, feel good about, I guess, only going two days a week to start. Um, I just think that for us, I also, to be honest, I don't want to prepare lunch five days a week, <laughs> you know, things like that. I um, That felt like a lot. So... I love the idea of him going two days a week um, and I feel very grateful that we have um, the ability to do that since we have our nanny who once maternity leave is up, she will care for Paxton when I go back to work and then, you know, Grayson will go to part-time preschool on Tuesdays and Thursdays and that's just nice because then he has these other days of the week where we're not rushing out of the house and he still can do a lot of what he loves to do uh which is explore nature and be outside and um I think it's nice to have that flexibility I don't feel a sense of urgency to get him into structure at two and a half um so I think for us, this just makes a lot of sense right now. And I love that he's loving it. So our week was busy, but awesome. And I love hearing how much he loves it. And yesterday, Thursday, he got to be the classroom helper, which means that he got to be the line leader and also feed the frog, which... I need to learn more about what that is. If it's an actual frog and they feed it or if that means something else. Um, because I know they use this like wooden frog um, sound tool to cue cleanup time and things like that. So I don't know if they just use the term feed the frog to actually like, you know, tickle the frogs back for sound. Um, <laughs> either way. Very cool, very awesome stuff. He loved it and got a sticker yesterday that was a star um, that said, 
a superstar. So he's just having the time of his life and we're just really excited for him. So that was kind of, you know, this week and it did allow having him, you know, get out, allowed me and uh, Paxton to kind of do our thing. We went for um, a daily walk as I continue to do my recovery program um, and I got to do my core restoration exercises and pelvic floor exercises and again focus on my recovery and so that was really you know the focus of the week. Paxton's doing great. He was kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed um, most of the week until last night Um from like 3 to 5 a.m., which is classic newborn sleep, right? They have their days and their nights mixed up most of the time. So um, then last night, it was from 9.30 to 11, and which was fine because then it wasn't from 3 to 5 a.m. So he slept well um, the rest of the night uh, with, you know, obviously waking up to nurse and things like that. But um, he would go right back to sleep, which was awesome um but yeah Paxton's doing great you know uh Grayson continues to do really well and sleeping through the night um while I get up you know two to three times a night to nurse Paxton and I'm just I'm you know I had so much anxiety and anticipation about this all of this um and now I'm like okay well I have new anticipation and anxiety about what happens when uh, Paxton outgrows his bassinet. I'm already strategizing. I'm like, okay, so we'll do a floor bed because I'm not going to put both boys in bed with us until after Paxton's a year old. Um, And maybe by then Grayson will want to sleep or start the night in his own room. Who knows? Flexibility there. No stress. I'm totally going with the flow, but I do want to think about where am I going to put Paxton once he outgrows the bassinet because we sold our crib. We're not really crib people. Um, so I think we'll end up doing a floor bed. Um, we still have the crib mattress, so we can just put Paxton on that next to where my side of the bed where currently his bassinet is. So anyway, those are things that I'm I've been thinking about, uh, I've been reading, I started a new book, um, and it's, you know, I finished a book, um, so that's kind of fun, I've been watching, um, a docu-series Breakpoint on Netflix, um, the book I'm currently reading is People We Meet on Vacation, um, if you've read it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And then uh, the book I just finished was Anna Maria and Mr. Fox. Um, I subscribed to Book of the Month. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, um, you know, I love being able to then pay it forward and pass the book books along to other people, especially if I like them, um, which I usually do. And yeah, so the week was great. Um, but I do think a lot of my experience so far is so, so different from the first time. And so what kind of inspired today's podcast episode is that I think that some some of us need help figuring out who we are once we become moms because 
it really is a night and day difference from, especially as a first time mom, to only having to worry about yourself pretty much other than your partner. And then all of a sudden you have this, you know, person that relies on you 24 seven. And as I've shared before, I wasn't the best at carving out time for myself. Um, and especially once Grayson became mobile and his nap time reduced, right? I've been pretty vocal about that on the podcast. So this topic is really important to me. Um, I think that a lot of moms um, need to hear what other people have done. Um, I'm going to share some steps to do, to take, to rediscover who you are, and also share kind of my own journey of how I kind of figured out who I am in, in motherhood. And I think the biggest thing about this is all of a sudden time um, becomes limited and it's not all about you, right? And so some people lean into that really well and other people um, need to figure out how to carve out more time for themselves and, and kind of struggle to f- to figure that out. So uh, I'm going to start with kind of my own journey and then I'll kind of share tips um, and steps for you. So when I became a mom, and I've shared this before, I had never felt more like myself. It not only elevated me and who I wanted to be, um, I became more responsible. I became a, a doer. You know, I, I used to put off going to the grocery store to the last minute. Um, I do a lot more convenience eating. I, uh, I just really became more efficient, um, even more efficient. And I definitely value efficiency, but I just, it be, it, it tapped into who I love about myself. It tapped into my nurturing side, which I don't think I've ever been able to really showcase because I've never had a pet. Um, and I'm the youngest in, in my family of, of five, three kids, my parents. And so I never really got to be a nurturer or a caregiver. And I wouldn't say that it came to me um, in my like ever in anywhere else in life either. Like I babysat, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I love kids um, in my teenage years when I would babysit. Or even when I went home one summer for college, I was a nanny and it wasn't really my thing. Um so something evolved in me. Something came out of me when I became a mom. And this person who just loves to care and nurture and honor feelings and hold space for all of the different personalities. I'm so excited to let Grayson and Paxton be who they are and encourage their passions and their dreams, but also allow for flexibility. Okay, you might hear Paxton occasionally. Um, are kind of low vibe. Are you exercising? Are you, do you have friends? Do you, um, you know, are you creative? Do you have a creative outlet? Uh, do you like painting or drawing or crafting? Um, and 
And then on top of that, I love being present with my kids. I love, you know, Paxton's a, a newborn, so um, he sleeps most of the time. But with Grayson, once he started to come alive, I love that it gave me a reason to put my phone down, to get off the internet, to stop scrolling, to get out of this virtual world um, that I think keeps us from actually living sometimes, you know? Obviously, there's a time and a place, and it provides inspiration and connection and storytelling and relatability and like I said, I'm watching Breakpoint on Netflix and, and it's fascinating to learn about these different tennis players and, um, you know, kind of their mental struggles as well as, um, you know, just the pressure and the expectations. And so it's not that content can't um, be rewarding and helpful, but it's also really great to be present, right? And to put the phone down or turn the TV off and live in the world of these kids that are just fascinated with the simple things, that have so much joy with the simple things, that are um, entertained by filling a cup and dumping it out a thousand times. I mean, their trial and error, the science experiments and watching their brains work has never been so fascinating to me. And so for me, as I was rediscovering who I was and who I am rather in, in motherhood, I started to notice uh, these shifts for, for myself of being more nurturing, being more caring, being more present. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, the athlete in me was disappearing. I didn't know how to continue to make time for myself. And I've shared that that is something that I have reprioritized this time around, that I want Grayson to see me exercising and taking care of myself and um, spending time with friends. And I mean, he might not see that all the time, but if you know, daddy says mommy's out with friends tonight and it's, you know, Grayson and daddy and Paxton time or whatever. But like when he knows and hears it, that's important to me um, because I want him to, both him, Grayson and Paxton to cultivate friendships because community is so important in life and connection and same with family. And it looks different for everyone. I am much more of a... um communicator through phone and text for all of my relationships than I am in person. I've, I've been that way since I was a little girl. Um, but because I prefer one-on-one -on -one time um, with, with people, which then there just isn't enough hours in the day always to stay connected um, in that way. So, or some of my best friends live, you know, far away from me in other states. Anyway, I digress. Um, I just think that I, there were some aspects of my life that then got lost. And so that's the thing is motherhood shows you a new side of yourself. But then I think there are parts that we want to maintain. There's that 
get lost. And then there's also the parts that we don't want anymore that are awesome when we can let go of them and kind of release the immaturities or the um, the personality traits that are no longer serving us, right? Um, so that's kind of my journey. And I feel like with two kids now, I kind of already know who I am in motherhood. Like I... I'm I'm still me, but I it's it's this newfound responsible um me. Uh not that I wasn't responsible before, but you know what I mean? Just like this like elevated responsible person. This mom that wants to be involved and um to create memories with my family, with my husband, with our two kids, to go on adventures and to, you know, even just a little adventure where I call any outing an adventure, um, pretty much where you do something different, you get out and you don't know what the day is going to bring by getting out of the house. And that is just so fun for me. I'm really excited about family traditions. Uh, I, I get really excited about the holidays. So with the holidays coming up and having our own family traditions and kind of um, massaging Toffer and my upbringing traditions and kind of making our own. Um, And ultimately where this all goes is how, when you are rediscovering who you are, while I was rediscovering who I am, I want to be able to be my best self. And to me, my best self is patient, kind, loving, empathetic, a good listener, um, holding space for other people, uh, and and being lighthearted. You know, I think old Katie um, before motherhood, and I still love a good deep and meaningful, do not get me wrong. I mean, a lot of this podcast is deep and meaningfuls and I want to go deep on some deep topics for sure. But what I mean is, is laughing and playing and storytelling and, um, not always analyzing and not always processing and just being and, you know, being, present in the moment it we don't always have to go deep and that's something that is new to me in motherhood because motherhood can feel heavy and so it can be overwhelming in fact that was the last podcast how you know ways to uh, reduce overwhelm as a mom and the last podcast episode sorry and so this new me is who do I want to be that makes me feel good? What is, what does my best self feel like? What how do I feel good? How do I feel good about what I'm creating in this life? And you know, I've something that I have started to do more um that I think has taken a long time for me to start to incorporate. Anytime I think we try something new, it takes a while to really put it into practice, but is setting intentions. What do I want this time to look like? What do I want my maternity? What is my intention? What are my intentions during maternity maternity leave? Right, and my intention is to focus on 
my recovery so that I can exercise um, once I'm all healed and start rebuilding my strength and my cardio and my endurance so I can do awesome, fun things, not just for myself, but with my husband and my family, Um, setting intentions around connection and, uh, you know, what do I want relationships to feel like, to look like, what is feeling good, feel good, how, what does that look like for me? So that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with my own self-discovery journey in motherhood is setting intentions and who is Katie's best self? What does that look like? And trying different things on. And I'm not perfect. And I don't have it all figured out. And I make mistakes. And I have moments of, um, you know, just being triggered like anyone else where I don't have my favorite reaction or I don't say something how I want it to be said. And that that's part of the growth and the learning process, you know? And so most of what self-discovery is though, is putting into practice different tools and intentions to try to cultivate what your best self is in this phase of life, in this chapter. Okay, so with that, I want to share six, you could call them steps and or just tools to rediscover who you are. And so, you know, take take these, uh, what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. Um, you don't have to do all of these by any means. Um, but hopefully this gives you a little inspiration for who, you know, who you are and on your self-discovery journey and, and things to do to maybe figure out who you are in, in motherhood. So the first is kind of an obvious one and that I shared that I struggled with, but making time for me time. To know who you are, you got to spend time by yourself and just with you and figure out what you like doing by yourself. Do you like reading? Do you like going for a walk and listening to podcasts? Do you like um, swimming? Do you like, um, like I said, crafting? Do you like doing puzzles? Um, do you like cooking? What What are the things that you like to do? Do you like, you know, setting up a at-home manicure pedicure station for yourself? Um, so, Start carving out some me time and trying on different me time activities and see what lights you up, what gives you energy versus what feels like work, um, what feels hard, I should say. So me time. Number two, define your dream self. And the best way to get started with this is look at other people and pick people that where you admire qualities in them. And maybe that those are qualities that you want to emulate. So who do you look up to? What qualities um, do you want to try to create for yourself? And to what qualities do you want to let go of? That's another good one, though. You know, maybe you see things in other people where you're like, Ugh, and then you know that you do that yourself. The first place to change things is yourself 
it is so easy to point the finger and I do it all the time. It is so easy to point the finger and want other people to change because when other people change, you change, right? But if you want other people to change, you actually have to change yourself. And I've always noticed this as I have evolved over the years. And again, I hope to continue to evolve. I don't have it all figured out. But as I try different ways of responding to people or um, asking a question in a different way or, or as my uh, friend likes to say, read the room. Read the room. Don't just do things because you think that's what you should do. You need to also, you know, I think they call it emotional intelligence. Pay attention to what other people, how they are reacting to you. And maybe if they're having a poor reaction, um, then you can try it a different way, right? You can try things a different way. So what qualities do people have that you like? What qualities do people have that you don't like? And then define your dream self. Who are you? Who do you want to be? What, you know, as I was saying, I want to continue to practice and cultivate patience, listening, holding space for people, being lighthearted, um, letting go of analyzing, um, and, and going too deep where you're looking for answers that don't exist, right? Um, where uh, I, I just want to feel like I'm creating memories and having a good time in this life, you know? Like we only get one life. Let's have fun. Um, okay, three. So based off of that, you have define your dream self. You also want to set goals, So what's going to drive you forward? And I did a whole podcast on um, the art of goal setting. So what's the vision? What, What do you want in the next year? What do you want in the next six months? What goals do you want to achieve? And that can, you know, again, be more of like a vision or setting intentions I like um, versus talk about this again in the art of goal setting podcast episode but really you want to focus on actions that are going to help you reach that goal versus um, a a traditional smart goal that maybe you feel like you start failing because you can't hit all the measurable parts of that smart goal so uh you know, maybe maybe you have a um, goal of getting back to strength training and, and um, maybe you want to feel really strong again or maybe you want to exercise is always a good one, right? Um, maybe, you, maybe you have a goal of running a half marathon. You've never done that. Um, maybe or maybe you have and you have a goal of... Uh, having a half marathon PR or maybe you have a goal of traveling somewhere with your family or um you know you have a goal of something with work uh especially once you get back to work what what are your goals in your career um so set goals for yourself and don't go overboard here you don't want to create overwhelm but you also want to have something to dangle, a carrot to dangle in front of you where it is pulling you forward. Four, 
try something new. And if you have a bucket list, maybe it's something on your bucket list. Maybe it's a hike you've never done. Or again, it's a country you've never been to. Or um, it's bungee jumping or, you know, skydiving or something where you have this bucket list um, and try it. Try something new and see how that makes you feel. I think uh, a lot of times in the early phase of motherhood, I, I think life just gets clouded and you don't even know what your bucket list is anymore because your bucket list is very different as a mom and definitely as I'm approaching my 40s personally compared to my bucket list that existed when I was in my 20s. And sometimes bucket list items turn into a hobby, which is why trying new things is so important, right? Because I had a bucket list item of doing an Ironman and then I ended up doing five, you know, and I really, I trained for triathlons for 10 years. So I think writing down ideas, especially if you see something or hear something, just put it in your notes app or write it down uh, in your journal or somewhere where you can look back and refer back to your bucket list and look at that. What could you check off your bucket list in the next three, six, nine, 12 months? And maybe it will lead to something. Number five, connect with other moms. And I think, you know, I know that there are apps that I think it's called the peanut app. I've never been on it, but um, I know that there are apps to help moms connect. There's lots of forums, um, Facebook groups, uh, obviously influencers on Instagram, TikTok, etc. But you also want moms in real life. And this is one of the things that I'm excited about with um, Grayson's preschool is I'm going to sign up to be a volunteer as well as a classroom parent um, with a couple other moms. And I just think connecting with other moms is so awesome because they're, they can relate to things that you're going through. You guys, you can talk about your dreams and your goals with people who are in the same phase. So you don't always have to talk about motherhood. You can also just talk about life, but you know that the, these moms can understand where you're coming from because they are moms themselves. So finding those other moms. I also think though, like my friend, um, one of my closest um, best friends just had her baby. She was due three weeks after me and she ended up getting induced um, a few days before her due date. And uh, she and I now can chat in the middle of the night, right? We have, and our firstborns are close in age as well. So I have this mom who can relate to the sleepless nights and the recovery and, um, you know, managing two kids and all of, all of, the ins and outs of this next chapter of motherhood. And it's just so nice to have someone to talk to about these things. So find other moms to connect with. And, um, you know, I know a lot of uh, people do the stroller workouts 
um, as well to meet other moms. So you could try that. Uh, you could try the peanut app. Um, but just obviously through school, through extracurricular activities of kids. Um, but stay open to those connections. You never know where those mom friends are going to come from. You might meet one at the hair salon. I don't know. <laughs> um, or while you're getting a manicure or um, maybe you're out on a run and you meet a mom when you stop to get a drink of water. So connect with other moms. That can be a game changer. Okay, and the last one, number six, and I kind of have mentioned this throughout, but exercise. Find exercise that you love, that makes you feel good, that is something you can stay consistent with. And when I was a personal trainer, um, this was one of the things that, you know, kind of drove me nuts, to be completely honest, is when people thought that they had to do something um, a certain way to get a certain look. And when we focus on aesthetics, we are not going to stay consistent. And that's not what's going to make us feel good. I don't know what that is for you, what type of exercise. It could be hiking in nature. It could be orange theory. It could be yoga or Pilates, or it could be strength training, or it could be training for a marathon, or it could be surfing or snowboarding or, you know, skateboarding, Uh, whatever it is. Find exercise that you get lit up to go do. You are, you don't even need motivation. It's there. It, you show up because it makes you feel good and you love it. And that's when you know you've found something. And then let, let everything else fall into place. But here's the thing about exercise. Other than the physiological things that, that change in our body with exercise, like, you know, all of these feel-good hormones get released, um, not just endorphins that get released and, and the adrenaline, but, you know, you have serotonin and dopamine and all of the feel-good hormones that come along with exerting ourselves. And when we feel good, we become more confident. And so, and when you do something that makes you feel strong and healthy and, you know, happy, um you that gets reflected in all the other areas of your life and I think a big part of motherhood um, and discovering who you are is that confidence because our body changes so much from pregnancy and postpartum Um, it is crazy right like once you give birth you have this very weird body like, honestly, it's weird. It's beautiful. We can talk about all the ways that it's beautiful and that you created a human or our body created a human. But like our hips are wide and we don't we aren't carrying a baby in our body anymore. So that feels weird. We have kind of this like, um, I don't know what you'd call it, just kind of uh, flexible skin from where our skin stretched out to carry the baby. And, uh, you know, with our hips, our butt kind of goes flat and wide for lack of a better way of describing it. Uh, I think people call it the mom butt. 
And, you know, there are these elements like our body is who we live inside of, right? Like who we are isn't our body, but our body is the thing out in the world doing things. And so how can we create confidence within our body? And that is through exercise. Um, You know, another thing for me personally is just taking care of um, myself. So I have had a skincare routine for as long as I can remember um, because acne makes me embarrassed. Um, And I also totally reduce dairy in my diet. Personally, that mess with my hormones. I don't have to eliminate it, but minimizing it. I used to get like cystic acne um, once a month uh, on my chin. And then I read a book called The Woman's Code. And it talks about how reducing dairy can get rid of cystic acne. And so I just made changes so that when I would show up in life, I would feel really good, right? So maybe that's getting your makeup done. I've thought about this. Um, I, I think I will do this is like go to Sephora and have someone do your makeup and kind of get all new makeup so that you, when you do your makeup routine, you just feel really good. You're like, I feel pretty. And I maybe your skin tone has changed a a bit or your face shape has changed a little bit and you can learn about how to do your makeup. Um, I like getting my nails done. I like getting highlights. Um, you know, just these things to boost confidence. And so, um, you know, but really step six, is that exercise portion because our body does change so much. So what can you do uh, to, you know, feel confident in this new body? And, you know, with that being said, I was listening to a podcast episode yesterday on my walk um, that was all about pelvic floor, well, pregnancy, postpartum, um, and in general, aging, um, and, and pelvic floor physical therapy. And it got me thinking, you know, like there are simple things postpartum that can reduce our confi- confidence. And that could be urinary leakage, for example, like coughing or laughing and peeing your pants. And again, this podcast episode, um, they talk about how, yes, that's common, but it shouldn't happen um, long term, right? So if you are going on 12 weeks, six months, eight months postpartum, and you are still having urinary incontinence, this is something that, um, you know, needs to be looked at. And that can really uh, reduce someone's confidence postpartum or in motherhood is those simple things that can... um, make you not want to leave your house or um, might cause embarrassment. And so it's not just exercise. It's kind of this whole body um, taking care of this vessel that we live in and showing up in a way that helps, that makes us feel confident. And that starts with taking care of ourselves inside and out. Um, So 
what I loved about this episode, and I'm blanking on um, what it, I'm going to look right now because I referenced it and didn't write it down. Oh, it's by the podcast Parenting Translator and Bladder Bowels and Being Intimate, um, Busting Pregnancy and Postpartum Myths. I will put the link to this uh, podcast episode. I hope to have her, I think her name's Kara, on the podcast at some point because um, I think she's fabulous. But I, what I gained from this was that if you have anything in your life, pain, so a lot of women develop hip pain, back pain, uh, neck pain, um, headaches, um, joints, joint pain, whatever it is. If you have something that is keeping you from living your life and you are, yeah, you're in pain, then it's not normal and we need to look at it because pain of any kind or anything that's causing embarrassment or keeping you from your daily activities, we need to look at it so that you can get better and then your confidence goes up, right? So one of the ways to um, rediscover who you are is first starting with how can you rebuild your confidence in yourself after mother after you've become a mom and in this chapter of motherhood uh so okay i'm going to review these and then as always i would love to hear from you and one of the things that i've been grappling with full transparency is like how much do i post on my personal instagram katie morris riley how much do i post on at the mom tuition and I really, um, one of my, again, I hope to have her on the podcast too, Rachel, uh, Hey Sleepy Baby. She just released her new podcast, um, No One Told Us. And so I've kind of been looking at what she's doing because she has her kind of sleep page, personal page, if you will. And then she has her podcast. Ooh. Um, and so I really want to focus podcast um, content and community on the Instagram at the mom tuition and then allow for people to get to know me or personal stuff through Katie Morse Riley because I also post about you know Win Republic on Katie Morse Riley and um, you know all sorts of stuff so okay reach out to me at the mom tuition um, I want to hear how this um, podcast resonated with you so I'm going to review real quick and then Paxton is kind of starting to make noise. I think he's hungry. Um, so one, me time. Two, define your dream self. Three, set goals for yourself. Four, try something new. Check something off your bucket list. Five, connect with other moms. And six, exercise. Okay. So if you love this podcast episode, it would mean so much to me if you could share it to your stories or share it in a DM to friends. Um, who are needing a little reminder, inspiration about how to discover who they are in motherhood. And then let's connect at the mom tuition. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, hear what you think of the podcast. And as always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen and connect. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.